what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. When you slip around and you do things and nobody will see me doing it, Brother James. He saw that. He felt that when he was hanging on that cross. He paid for that because he loves you. He loves you. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to portray him. I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. One of the twelve. In the 15th century, Leonardo da Vinci, the great Italian polymath of the high renaissance, created some of the most influential paintings in the world, among which is the magnum opus, the Mona Lisa, two of which are probably the world's most famous paintings. But The Last Supper is still the most copied painting in the world today. It is said that when Leonardo began to create this masterpiece, he had no problem finding people to pose as the disciples. However, when it came to the Lord Jesus Christ, he searched for years trying to find someone that had the countenance of innocence, that had the countenance of perfection, that had the countenance of holiness. Who could sit on the stool to portray the Lord Jesus Christ? And finally one day he found a baker that had the countenance of what he thought our Lord must have looked like. And he began to paint Christ sitting there at the supper table. But the painting was not finished. He had to find someone to portray Judas. Who could he find 
that had the countenance of the great betrayer. Again, he searched for years trying to find the right one, and one day he found the man, rushed him into his studio, and set him there upon the stool. And as his hand flew across the canvas, he stopped in amazement and realized that this man, whom he was now drawing as Judas, was the same man that had sat there a few years earlier and portrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin had changed him that much. Judas was one of the twelve. Twelve of the most prestigious young men that would ever be touched by the hand of man or God. And they would turn the world upside down. God called these men and he personally chose Judas to be among the twelve. And in Mark chapter 3 verse 14, the Bible says that Jesus ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. The power and the gifts of the Holy Ghost is only given to those who are born again, those who are saved. John chapter 14, verse 17. Jesus, speaking of the Comforter, He said, even the spirit of truth, the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Judas was saved and the power of the Holy Ghost flowed through this man. He preached He healed the sick. He cast out devils. It's hard for us to imagine that. It's hard for us to comprehend. Judas doing these things. And yet when we say Judas, we get sick inside. Because the Bible called him the betrayer. He was one of the twelve And just as Judas was chosen to be one of the twelve, you and I have been chosen to be among the twelve. We are to be disciples of Christ. We are to follow Him. Whether you like it or not, Brother James, I'm not a preacher. You're preaching something every day. With the life that you live, you're preaching something. And the most effective sermon that you preach is the life you live. Are you preaching a good sermon or are you preaching a bad one? Saw a sticker on a license plate the other day. Said, live your life so the preacher won't have to lie at your funeral. (laughs) So y'all help me out here a little bit. Uh 
Judas had a problem. But don't we all? You see, people gave money to support the Lord's ministry. And that money was placed in a communal bag. And the Lord put Judas in charge of the bag. John 12, verse 6, the Bible says that he was a thief. And he had the bag and bear what was put therein. He was a thief. What did he steal? What were the circumstances surrounding this theft? I've searched and I cannot find any information on the circumstances surrounding this theft. The Bible doesn't say. And aren't you glad? We ought to be glad today that the Lord doesn't reveal everything about us. Are you hearing me? You better thank God today that He knows how to keep secrets. But why would the Lord choose Judas and give him such a responsibility as keeping the treasury of the ministry? Can you imagine if such got out today? It'd be all over Facebook. The news media would go crazy with it. Funds being mishandled. You can imagine the tarnish of the Lord's ministry as a result of this. But the Bible doesn't say anything about these circumstances other than he was a thief. I'm going to say some things now that is not in any of my notes, but the Lord's leading me to say it. When you do not pay your tithes and offerings, you're robbing from God. And you're committing the same sin as Judas of old. But that's the Lord's business. I'm going to leave that between you and God. But I just wanted to point that out today. Why would the Lord choose Judas and give him this responsibility knowing that this situation would happen and tarnish his ministry? Why does God choose to use us today knowing all that he knows about us? See, the Lord knows everything. He sees everything. This is not a big secret to y'all, but those of you out in the radio congregation, we, we make all kind of arts and crafts stuff now. It's part of my business. And this week we made a door hanger. Most of your door hangers hang in the center of the door, but this particular one that we made, it hangs on the corner of the molding on your door. 
And Jesus is peeping out the side of the corner of the door, and at the top of it, it says, I saw that. <laughs> we made a couple of those this week and took a picture of it and put it on the marketplace. And, and I took it and I put it in there in Julie's room over her closet door. And I thought, I wonder how long it's going to take her now to see this and what her response will be. And she came in and went back there to her room and getting ready for bed. She laid down in the bed and that's when she saw it. Liking to have scared her to death. And she come running in there in the den with that thing in her hand. And she said, what in the world is this? She took it and put it in our room. <laughs> Hung it up on the door in our room. I'm like, the Lord don't want to see none of that. <laughs> Bless him, Lord. Oh, me. We laugh. Got quite a bit of response on Facebook with it. But the Lord is watching. Amen. He did see that. He knows your thoughts from afar off. Now, I know this upsets some of you with scopophobia. I, I understand that. But that doesn't change the fact that the Lord is watching. He knows everything, and yet He still chooses to use us for the upbuilding of His kingdom. Amen. That's grace, ladies and gentlemen. That's grace. I'm going to make another one. And on the top of this one, it's going to say, I felt that. Are you hearing me? Amen. He felt that. When you slip around and you do things and nobody will see me doing it, Brother James, he saw that. Amen. He felt that when he was hanging on that cross. He paid for that. Because He loves you. He loves you. Judas had a deeper problem than theft. Like I said, we don't know all the circumstances surrounding the theft situation. But the Lord forgave him. He shared with his disciples, as well as you and I today, the importance of forgiving others. He said in Matthew 6, verse 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Question, 
did the Lord use this theft situation with Judas to teach us this great lesson of forgiveness? You look at it. You, 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 you look at the situation. And some of you probably have never thought about it before. Why did God choose Judas knowing, all of this, knowing that all this was going to happen? I, I can't answer all of that. But could it be that God used this situation to teach a great lesson for you and I today? The Bible says he works all things for the good. Some of the things we go through. God allows us to go through it to teach us something that we could not have learned otherwise. You see, you can see somebody else going through something, but until you go through it yourself, some of the best lessons are the ones learned the hard way. And Lord, I've learned the hard way. The mindset of Israel of that day was this. They believed in the Messiah. They believed that he was coming. But when he came, he was going to throw off the Roman yoke and put Israel back to a place of supremacy. And the Lord taught against this doctrine many times. And he'd use parables to do it. When he was at the house of Zacchaeus, the night before Jesus was to make his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, a large group of people had gathered there to hear him. And in Luke 19, verse 11, the Bible says that when they had heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was not a Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should appear immediately. They all thought that Jesus was about to take the throne of Israel. So he told them this parable of the ten pounds to illustrate the postponement of the kingdom of God. The next day, Jesus would ride a donkey into the great city, Jerusalem. In Luke 19, verse 36, the Bible says that as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples begin to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King. Notice the terminology. Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Again, they thought that Christ was going to take the throne of Israel. And the Bible says in verse 39, some of the Pharisees said, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you, if they hold their peace, the rocks are going to cry out. But when Jesus came into the city, he didn't do what they thought he was going to do. 
he got off his donkey and he looked around with tears in his eyes and he pronounced judgment upon the city. Why? Because they had rejected the king. See, you can't have a kingdom without a king. And because they rejected the king, it postponed the kingdom. He offered to them the kingdom. If Israel had accepted Christ as the Messiah and went to Rome and said, this is our king, they would have crucified Jesus. He would have rose from the dead three days later. The millennium could have started right then. But because of unbelief, it has subjected this world to an additional 2,000 years of sin. Satan now having the legal right to kill, to steal, and destroy. Because of unbelief. Unbelief. Two days before the crucifixion, Jesus told them, Matthew 26, verse 2, you know that two days will be the feast of Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. This wasn't anything new. He had told them this time and time again. They had a hard time believing it. That night, when Jesus was in the house of Simon the leper, Matthew 26, verse 7, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, What purpose is this Waste. Judas was the ringleader. When you read this account in John 12, verse 4, Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Judas was the ringleader in this. In Matthew 26, verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus understood what she was doing. And he said, why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me. You have the poor with you always, but me you have not always. When that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Again, the Lord points to the cross. That was the only way to address the sin problem was the cross. But Judas didn't want a Messiah of the cross. He wanted a Messiah that would throw off the Roman yoke. And the Bible says, Matthew 26, verse 14, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity 
to betray him. Jesus no longer fit his idea of what he thought the Messiah should be. He wanted another Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the great sin of the modern church. This Jesus of the Bible, this Jesus that went to the cross and died for our sins, it's too offensive for this delicate generation in which we now live. So most churches have now opted for another Jesus. Why? Because when you preach the gospel and you deal with sin, it offends people and people won't come and people won't put money in the offering plate. But if you'll step around and look over and not deal with these particulars and just preach the grace of God and the love of God, more people will come, more money in the offering plate. It's no different than what Judas did of old, and he was one of the twelve. Today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.